This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon, and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great. Me too. What a lovely day. It is such a beautiful day. Okay, so on my way over here, I seen the epitome of Wisconsin. Um, it was this one girl, kind of like speed walking, and then like she had a slight hop to her, um, wearing headphones, a Packers jersey, and cowboy boots. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, I love it. <laughs> cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. And she was like, you know, she had a, some speed to her. So I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Power <laughs> cowboy boots. Yep, yep. Get her done. That's hilarious. Yeah. So we were just talking about how we were initially first starting to record and our music just started blasting. Yes. And Fallon does this weird thing. <laughs> that I do not comprehend. She listens to, you know, music or podcasts? I listen to podcasts and books while I sleep. While she sleeps. So she, picture this. (laughs) Fallon is going to bed, headphones in, and just falls asleep to it. I can't, I can't do that. Can anybody else relate? I have noise, talking. Music talking? Re- yeah, music doesn't really work. Okay. Because if I listen to music, I like get into the music. Okay. And then I can't sleep. I want to dance. Have you ever gotten one of those sound machines? It has to be words. Uh, really? That's, what about like really whale weird. noises? No. No. I mean, people talking to me while I sleep. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I don't I feel, know. I feel like I'd be... It's kind of like the concept of watching TV to go to sleep. I like Yeah, it. I can do it with the TV on, too, but my husband doesn't like the TV on while we sleep. Yeah. Or I would just sleep with the TV on. Right, yeah. I need something to distract my brain so I can sleep. Wow. Yeah. I can't relate to that. That's yeah. one thing I cannot relate to. No. So the funny thing is, <laughs> is I go on my Stitcher app, and I, like... I'll listen to a podcast. Most of the time, I'll start the timer so it turns off in like an hour. Oh, okay. But if I continuously wake up, I have insomnia. <laughs> so if I keep, keep waking up and yeah. I have to keep turning it back on, I just say, fuck it. And I just let it play through my playlist. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, our podcast is on my playlist. Yeah. It's very disconcerting when you wake <laughs> up. <laughs> that is super creepy. And hear yourself. Your own voice just and talking your friend. to you. A conversation oh in your God. ear. Yeah. The other morning, though, it was just the beginning of our podcast, and we were like being silly. Yeah. So I just woke up laughing. Oh my God. Like we're so goofy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's a great way to wake up. Right. Except for it's weird to hear yourself talking in your ear. Yes. Super yeah. weird. Yeah. 
That's now that's, everybody knows. Everybody how weird knows. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love finding out people's little quirks. So yeah, I'm sure maybe somebody out there can relate to that. No, my friend Anna is always like, "How do you sleep like that?" Because we've gone on vacation together, so she's <laughs> like. Really, really putting your headphones in, like yeah. You're really doing this right now. Yeah, every every day. <laughs> oh my god. I got new headphones. I got the new Samsung Galaxy Buds too. Oh yeah, those are really nice. Oh, so nice. They stay in my ears. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, like, how do you even keep them in? Those stay in. Yeah. Yeah. I had some different earbuds before, but sometimes they stay in, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. If I'm by myself, I'll just play it on my phone and won't use headphones. Right, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I only use the sleep, the the box Mm. that plays, like, different sounds, so Jake does not like to have it on any other mode besides the the rain. Mm. I try to switch it to um, waves, and that does not do it for him. No. Um, I think there is this one setting that's like electrical noise. I'm like, why? Why would you want this? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's our go-to is the rain, which I like. I've been listening to some books lately. Mm. I think I'm learning a lot. I was going to say, do you retain any of it? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If I say something really insightful, maybe it came from okay. my book. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Any news? <clears throat> um, no, I thought I had something. Oh, yeah, I did have something. Okay. So there was a missing Milwaukee woman, and she was found dead. Oh, shit. Her baby was found alive. Oh, wow. Because her baby was missing at first, too. Mm-hmm. But that's the so tragic. Baby was found alive and with the father. Okay. The mom was found. They said, "I'm pulling it up." Yep. Yep. Oh, now there's a missing, another missing woman. So oh God, that's it's great. endless. That's it's great. endless and endless. So the missing woman was Emily Rogers. And there's multiple suspects in custody. I was going straight to the the father of the kid. I mean, that's the natural yeah. reaction. I He is in jail, but it's probation related. So I don't know if it's related to her case or not. The mm-hmm. way that the articles have been written is kind of, you know, how they do it. They, they yeah. tell us a little bit. You got to try to guess the rest. <laughs> so... She was found in St. Francis, which is right outside of Milwaukee. She was last seen in Milwaukee. One of her friends had tracked her phone, and her phone was found in the park, in some bushes. Um, That's some good friends. Yeah. But my thing was, if your friend can access your phone's location Mm -hmm. to track your phone, maybe you had some worry before. Or you just listen to our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody's tracking everybody these days. Do your friends have your location? I don't have... Wait, is that, like, just, like, an iPhone setting, or is that... I think they tracked hers on the iPhone, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I can share mine. I never do that, though, and I know a lot of people look on Snapchat still. Oh, that's true. I share with a couple people on Snapchat. Yeah, so, I mean, you can easily pop up and be like, where are you at? Yeah. I don't have Snapchat, so I don't really know. You don't have Snapchat? 
No, I thought I told you this. I don't know. So many people yell at me for that. I mean, I don't... I snap my sisters. It's dumb. Yeah, no, I... One of my friends. Like, I, it's not really my thing. Immediately, when Jake and I first started being an item, I, for the longest time, received unsolicited images. <laughs> And I would wake up to them or just, like, roll over and, like, open my Snapchat. And then there they were. And I had this beautiful new man in my life. Mm. And he'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, as he should. As he should be. I'm like, listen, I don't know these these things. I don't know. Yeah, because I sometimes get them. And I have... Like... Private Snapchat Oh, you have... Okay, so mine, I had, like, on like listed on my facebook i had it listed on instagram and then i'm sure people would just snag it off there and like i I mean i did it to myself basically yeah i don't know where people find it but they do and they uh, that's what they lead with yeah yeah like no this is assault to my eyes no i don't like it no i do not like this it's always threatening okay and it's always some type of man that i'm not attracted to oh yeah it's definitely not ever it's never like oh oh look at you yeah no it's never like that never not one time so So if there's any men listening don't do this to people like we just do not want it unless somebody says hey i want to see it then that's your green light but unless you unless you hear that first Yeah. yeah yeah there's always that you know question you can throw out there would you like to see it and yeah. then you could be surprised, so. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I don't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episodes of Confession. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes sense. hmm Yeah, I don't use it very much, but. Hmm. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping up with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial at all? I have not. I hate celebrities. Oh, but it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan. Uh, yeah? I would fangirl him. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's so amazing. He can do, like, anything he wants to, and he's so talented, I think, yeah. in my head. Yeah. And he was beautiful. I mean, he's still spiritually beautiful, but, like, holy damn, have you ever seen him in uh, Cry Baby? It's just not my type. Really? I'm not attracted to white men at all. Oh. He's like the, just like he's so skinny. An angel, like the most beautiful white man, I think. He's so skinny. Yeah. I'm not into that. No. No. I, I love skinny white men. Skinny white tall men mm-hmm. are my. They're like my jam. Not me. My only crush is Kevin Gates. Really? Yes. Oh. I'm infatuated. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, you know, not that it would ever happen, but, like, if we were single, I like that we would never probably have crossover. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah. That's good for friendships. Absolutely. To not be attracted to the same man. Yeah. We would not go for the same guys, and I would just totally... I love that. Yeah. Like, I would go for the Travis Barker type. Mm. That's my jam. Like, bald, tattooed, very skinny. Like buff rappers. Mm, yep. Yep. <laughs> Super opposite. Super opposite. Um, um, any more confessions <clears throat> you guys want from us? <laughs> so I brought that up because a lot of people are talking about it and they it makes are. me sad on how 
I don't know. She seems very cold and like it's very stupid the way this is going on. Like anything that Can you tell me what the point of this is? Like what it's is the defam- defamation. So basically is he's he suing her. Yeah, right now? he's suing her right now because okay. she said that he was uh doing domestic violence on mm-hmm. her. Um, so then he got dropped from a lot of things and basically, right. like, tarnished his name. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, no, ma'am. Like, you fucked with me. Like, you cut off my finger. Yeah. Uh, you shit on my bed. You slap me around. And, like, there's a voice recording of her saying, like, you can take... you. Anybody's going to believe you being a victim of domestic violence? Kind of, like, laughing at him. And I'm like, this crazy bitch. Like, who are you? Yeah. And very toxic yeah she's she seems like too much and i feel bad for him and men can be victims too yeah so that's that's the whole reason why i brought this up because okay. men can be victims and that doesn't make them any less of a man right they are in a relationship that <clears throat> can happen to anybody yeah um so it's we're here for support for any person going through that yes whether it's celebrity to anybody yeah i agree relationships should be a safe place yes not crazy abusive Mm -hmm. all right that that's a wrap for me okay with all my confessions okay (laughs) am i first today yeah okay i am doing another crazy story let's strap in (laughs) All right. So, have you ever heard of the haunting of the Tallman family? No. Okay. So, this is a really interesting story. Okay. It was featured on Unsolved Mysteries in 1988. Ooh, love that. And my sources today are unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com, Cult of Weird. Mm, yes. Your favorite. Yes. <laughs> Ranker.com and UPI.com. So, let's get started. Okay. On April 13th, 1986, the Tallman family moved into their new home in Horicon, Wisconsin. Their family consisted of the dad, Alan, the mom, Deborah or Debbie, their son, Danny, and then two daughters, aged one and two. And from what I read in the comments on the articles, this was a really cool idea for this community it was 10 houses that the families all helped build okay so these 10 families built these houses in this community cool i thought that was really cool yeah and so until it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> the family lived a normal peaceful life in the house until around may of 1987 so they got like a good 13 months in okay and then in February of 1987, they had bought a bunk bed for their children at a secondhand store for around $100. Nice deal. Mm hmm. Because it was a nice, solid wood bunk bed. Okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. And so the family assembled the bed, but at first they left it in the basement. And then in May of 1987, they moved it upstairs. One of the daughters must have outgrown the crib. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll move the bed upstairs for her now. Okay. But this moment would prove to be a turning point for life in their home. Okay. The Tallman's son, Danny, was sleeping 
in the room next door to his sister's. He was sleeping on the opposite wall from the bunk bed. Like, there's the wall in between the two. After going to bed that first night, he reported that his clock radio had turned itself on and was changing stations on its own. Yeah, that's never a good sign. No. But not surprisingly, his parents didn't really believe him. Right. So since we're on the thing of confessions, this happened to me once. Did the radio. Okay. Yeah. I was four or five at the time, and I had one of those old-fashioned clock radios. Like, it wasn't digital. It had the numbers that, like, rolled over. Gotcha. And I was in bed going to sleep, and I could clearly hear a man's voice coming through the radio. Like, I can still remember it to this day. Oh, no. And I went and woke my mom up, like, there's a man's voice in my room. Yeah. And I'm sure she was like, my daughter's insane. Yeah. So she came and looked around and didn't find anything. She oh. checked under the bed and in the closet. and At least she humored you. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she probably knew I wasn't going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> there was no ignoring me. There we go. That's why. Yeah. But the radio on this clock didn't even work. So super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel Danny's pain. <laughs> and a few weeks after this, the dad, Alan was downstairs painting the basement walls he decided to take a lunch break he left the paintbrush on the table went upstairs to get some food when he came back downstairs the paintbrush was in the paint in the bucket of paint with the bristles sticking up like somebody just took the handle and just stuck it in the paint oh that's rude isn't that so worse? You got to dig your whole hand in the paint (laughs) (laughs) that whole thing is you can't use it no. Yeah. Yeah. You have to Ruined. get the paintbrush. Yep. Yeah. Annoying little demons. Yeah. <laughs> then one night, the youngest daughter was sleeping in the bunk bed and saw something that completely terrified her. She said she saw a witch with red eyes behind the door in her room. Mm-mm. And she also described seeing fire in her room. And then a month later, her brother Danny saw the same thing Mm-mm. in his room. At this point, the family had really had enough. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but my kids are seeing demons. Danny's <laughs> hearing voices in the radio. Like, either yeah. my kids are a mess or there's something going on in this house. Yeah. So they called their pastor, their family pastor, to come in. Mm-hmm. The family pastor said he could feel an evil presence in the house, and he thought that the devil was harassing them and that they needed to go to church more. Oh. I love that they always spin it that way. It's like... You know, if you go to church more, this won't happen to you. Donate a few more dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to come for us for that one. <laughs> if you want to give your money to church, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I choose not to. Yep. <laughs> so despite the pastor's efforts, I don't know what he did, but he came and blessed them. Or probably had came. some holy water of some sort. Yeah, probably. He tried to help but they continued to be haunted Mm -hmm. so doors were constantly opening and closing strange disembodied voices would call out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and they continued to see ghostly entities see that that's the part that would fuck me up is that i'm actually seeing something oh hell no like voices i can probably explain away like i'm okay maybe i heard something maybe it was a wind whatever but (laughs) Like when you see it. When I see it, that's when I'm like, oh no, like my eyes do not lie. 
Right. Like, maybe it's the neighbor's radio. Like, if you hear things, you can make up any excuse yes. to justify it. Yeah, like, you hear somebody scream, it's like, eh, I don't know. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so then, eventually, Alan gets pissed off about all of this. He's like, stop fucking with my kids. Yeah. So he exclaimed to whoever was listening that he had had enough. I love it. You okay. know when you just get so sick of ghosts? <laughs> I'm acting like this is normal. Okay. Do you just, whenever you just get so sick of these goddamn ghosts. <laughs> you just like, ghosts, leave. Yeah, I feel that. He said if they wanted to fight someone, they could fight him. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, but I don't think that's what you say to the ghosts. I, I love the energy. Yeah, I love the energy. Like, the protective vibe mm-hmm. here is good. But just tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah, I guess so. Like, don't entice them into a fight. Yeah, I don't want to fight a ghost. No, like that how I could can't you win? See, mm-hmm. no. But these ghosts apparently wanted to take him up on his offer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so on January seventh of nineteen eighty-eight, Alan had been working the late shift. He arrived home around two. When he pulled up, he heard an odd howling noise. So of course he had to go investigate. He was looking around the house. As he was looking for the source of the howling, a voice was heard saying, come here. Mm-mm, don't. Don't. Mm-mm. Don't do that. When people say come here. and You, you go away. Yeah. Run the other way. Yeah. But Alan doesn't like to run from a challenge. Okay. He walked around trying to figure out where the sound was coming from, but he was unable to locate anything. So he came back around to the front of the house and he found the front of the garage in flames. Mm-hmm. He ran inside to get the fire extinguisher to put out the fire, but when he came back outside, the fire was gone. Oh, no. And oh, that's was, too much. And there was no sign of fire damage. Oh, God. Oof. That is way too much. Mm-hmm. They said this is one of the scariest <clears throat> episodes that they ever had on Unsolved Mysteries, and you can't find it now unless you buy the VHS tape. Wow. Because they didn't replay it. Like, when they put it on Amazon, they didn't redo it because they were so spooked some people say it was because they're so spooked and some people just said like different legal issues oh can only replay certain episodes i don't know weird mm-hmm. so alan confused and frustrated goes back inside and went to reach for his lunch pail he's like i need a snack this is a lot <laughs> and the ghost was like no snacks for you and threw the lunch pail across the room wow so this ghost demon is extra rude yes. and extra mad and just mm-hmm. like an all-around antagonizing yeah. thing. Like you wanted to fight, yeah, he can't he punch you, so I'm taking your snacks. Just wants to throw hands, really, at the end of the day. I think so. <laughs> and things had gotten so bad and so scary for the girls that Alan had started sleeping in their room to protect them. Mm, yeah. But I have a couple questions here. Okay. Why are they still living here? Right. Could they afford a move, though? Because sometimes they can't. I don't know. Right. And no shade to Alan, but what did he think he was going to do if the ghost wanted to take his kids? Right. You can't really do anything, I guess, at that point. No. How do you fight a ghost? You don't. You don't. Unless you got some holy water. I I read up on... a squirt gun. (laughs) A squirt gun of holy water. Yeah. You're going to have to have one of those around. (laughs) I would just watch as many exorcism videos as I could and just be like, all right, we're going to do this the right way. That's true. Yeah, because I don't know how. There had to have been some around in 88. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So one night, Alan was sleeping in the girls' room when he saw a fog appear around him and a voice whispering, you're dead. Mm-mm. It's too much. Yeah, no. No. So Debbie agreed that this was too much, and she called the pastor to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you need to come back and do something. Seriously. So this is a lot. Yeah. So a few days later, Alan once again had to work late, so he called a relative to come and stay with the kids. And the relative was happy to oblige because they were a total skeptic. They didn't believe any of this. Right. Which is the probably the the people that you want to have around when this is going down, just to make it be like, they aren't believers, and then if this is happening, and then they're like, oh shit, this is happening, then you're validated. That is true. That is a really good point. So, the relative came over, and while the relative was there, the entity with the red eyes appeared, Mm -mm. and the relative let out a loud scream... And Debbie said, enough was enough. And she was ready to go. So she packed up the kids and said they were never coming back. Yeah. That was the final straw for her. Mm-hmm. She's like, even this dude that doesn't live here and doesn't believe in it. Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. She was yeah. completely validated. Yep. And she's like, okay, we're going to go now? Yeah. Peace out. A couple of weeks later, the family had the bunk beds destroyed. Hmm. And they never dealt with a haunting again. And a new family moved into the Tallman's house in April of 1988 and never had any problems. Holy shit, I totally forgot about the bunk beds. Uh-huh. So, in, there has been a bunch of articles written about them. In the April 1988 edition of The Quill, Barrett J. Brunsman wrote, Ghost rumors had swept through the crowd at the Friday night basketball game at the local high school. Hundreds of cars swept down Larrabee Street past the Tallman house. People walked through the yards of the other nine houses on the block, climbing over fences, peering into windows. Drunks showed up. They weren't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Was that actually written in there? The, yeah, I'm, reading, oh I'm my God. reading a direct quote. <laughs> a direct quote. This Drunks not- ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh my God. They tried the doors and windows of the Tallman home, intent on getting inside to prove their bravery. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. When the police ordered the drunks and gawkers to stay away from the house, a few would-be ghostbusters told the cops to go to hell. (laughs) I love it. I love it. The writing in this is so great. It's so 1988, isn't it? Go to hell. (laughs) Arrests for disorderly conduct were made, and the street was barricaded. Yeah. So, it's unclear of who first leaked the story of the Tallmans, because they had no interest in media attention. Okay. So, it wasn't like they're like, oh my god, look what's happening to us. Right. They didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. They were actually hiding from the press. Okay. But they did, however, confide in the police chief, Chief Douglas Glamon, I think it is, who was intent on protecting the family. So eventually, Glamon convinced the family to speak to the press and share their side of the story. And James B. Nelson from the Milwaukee Sentinel um, was the one that they decided to talk to because he seemed like he was more interested in writing an article about a genuinely troubled family than just exploiting a ghost story like other people. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I feel bad. You guys have been going through hell. Yeah. So, soon after he did his interview on Solved Mysteries, which had just started out, Mm -hmm. 
found out about the story and came to shoot an episode. Okay. The new owners of the house allowed the crew to come in and shoot the episode, and local townspeople reenacted it. (laughs) Okay, that's a little cute, isn't it? So the episode aired on October 26th, 1988. And after that, reporters had contacted Debbie to follow up and ask what happened to the bunk beds. And Debbie said they had been buried in a private landfill where no one would ever build. Okay. She's like, the... They're destroyed. They got bulldozed over with whatever, buried, so nobody would ever be haunted by them again. Yeah. Because their house didn't seem to have any hauntings before or after the bunk beds were brought into the house, the consensus seems to be that the bunk beds caused the hauntings. Wow. In addition to the activity that I discussed previously, there are also reports of doors opening and closing, chairs moving on their own. And other sightings of the old woman with long black hair and an eerie glow. Mm. And one night, Debbie's mother was babysitting and reported seeing visions of red eyes looking at her. And other family members said they had similar visions. The family's home, I thought this was interesting, Mm -hmm. they purchased it through a farmer's home administration loan. And the agency agreed to let the family out of the contract. They said they don't normally do this, but they agreed to make an exception in this case. So they purchased the house for $50,400. Could you imagine if we could buy houses now for $50,000? Yeah. My <laughs> my mother-in-law bought her, um, her house, I forget when. Uh, they've had it for like, what, 30 years now? Yeah. And it's on a ton of land for mm-hmm. 80K. Oh, nice. Out in the country. That is nice. And I'm just like, how? How is this a, a thing? Because now it's probably like 400 and uh, some. Yeah. Oh, or they are definitely. Yeah. Elite. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Nuts, right? Yeah. Probably half a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of getting out of their contract, they had to let go of the $3,000 they'd earned in equity. <laughs> they're like, it was so hard to let the 3000 you oh, know? Oh, Yeah. Times have changed. Yes. And I could not find the actual episode. I wanted to be able to find it. Yeah. I did not order the VHS tape. Yeah, no. No. I was going to say, I was starting to rewatch uh, Unsolved Mysteries, and I started at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I did not see that one. No. So. I want to know why they didn't publish it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I couldn't find a reason. There's different theories, but. Right. So, how do you feel about cursed objects? I was gonna talk about that because I didn't. I thought it was just the actual place. Yeah. I never really think that objects could be cursed, but I thought Annabelle was like an actual thing, the doll. Yeah, that's true. So I it, think that's based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. There are cursed objects. Yeah, yeah. I. I, I mean, would, I've never had one. No, me neither. Not to my knowledge, at least. I think you would know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, very interesting. I never thought it would be a bunk bed situation. I always think, like, a coin or, like, a necklace or whatever, but never a bunk bed. That's so weird. Right. Like, I don't know how old the bunk bed was. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was reading the comments on stories, and people from the area really do believe that this happened. People from outside of the area have a lot of 
suspicions explanations okay but right and i feel like that one person that doesn't believe in that that came over to the house mm-hmm. and was like yeah no i saw this and that for me is is something yeah I couldn't imagine waking up and just red eyes are there looking at me. That's the worst part for me is a figure with red eyes. I could not deal with that. No. Mm-mm. And what if it's just the eyes and you can't see the rest of the figures? <sighs> no. Like, all of it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah. Crazy. Well, and, you know, I am, I am, I love to thrift. So that, that just really spooked me. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. I haven't been haunted yet. Me neither, so let's... And I'm not religious, so that's... I'm surprised. You know, mm. that I haven't been haunted yet. Yeah. We'll have to go to the church and steal some holy <laughs> I think it'll cancel out the holiness if we steal it, but, you know, we could try it out. <laughs> Is that like a rule? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> it sounds real. Yeah, right? <laughs> Well, good job. That was very interesting. Thank you. I've never heard of that before. I hadn't either. So I was like, oh, this is a fun one because I love unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Like, this is an unsolved mystery that I hadn't heard. I just came across it. Yeah. I was looking for unsolved murders and I found this instead. So, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm glad glad you did it. It was very interesting. And I never thought that, like I said before, a bunk bed. A bunk bed of all things. Yeah. Scary. Good job. Thank you. Okay. Let's uh, pivot over to me. Okay. I got my sources from NBC15, Daily Mail, Wikipedia, Green Bay Gazette, 23WIFR, Wisconsin Circuit Court Access, and You Interview. And I am doing the Columbia Correctional Institute Prison Escape. Ooh. Fun. Yeah, I I was like, let's keep on this role of keeping it light. I mean, yours is slightly keeping it light. Yeah. So I, I feel like we're on the same vibe here. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like heavy and un- like we need any more heavy energy right now. It's no. like eclipse season. For okay, people are gonna think I'm extra weird today, but <laughs> my astrology people, it's yeah. like we're in the middle of two eclipses and Mercury goes retrograde tomorrow. I never know what that means. No. No, everybody's like, well, you know, in 2000, whatever, I met Mercury was in retrograde, so, you know, that's why it was. And I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. (laughs) Mercury looks like it's going backwards because it's moving so slow. Okay. It's not actually going backwards, but it's called a retrograde. And then that brings up a lot of past issues. So past lovers can contact you. Mm. Oh. Uh, You run into exes. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just brings a lot of things to the surface so you can deal with them. If you've dealt with your past appropriately, then you might not have any issues, but... And we all got one or two. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Okay, well, now I know. Okay, so on April 16th, 2020, at 4.25 a.m., James Newman, at the age of 37, and Thomas Deering, at the age of 46 did something that is very scary and unimaginable and that should not happen uh they threatened the public safety by escaping the columbia correctional institution uh james newman was serving time for being found guilty for six charges of discharging a firearm 
in 2009 and was uh, imprisoned in Brown County. Um, but that was not all. He, in 2012, uh, in Jackson County, was also found guilty for three additional felonies that included a previous escape um, from a supervised living facility in, in Jackson County and for kidnapping and theft. Oh. So, lovely man. Like he likes to run. Yeah. <laughs> he is a runner. Um... Thomas Deering also was very scary in his own sense as he was convicted of numerous charges in 2000 in Milwaukee County, which include kidnapping, three counts of second degree sexual assault, and burglary. Um, he has been on the sex offender registry since February 2001 following the sexual assault convictions. Not only that, Thomas was convicted of an escape charge as well in 2002. Oh, wow. And in an incident which he committed battery in prison in 2015. So you see, Thomas had been at Columbia since 2003 after his previous escape from Wapan Correctional Facility by hiding in, a, in the back of a delivery truck. Hmm. So that's how he got out. Um, he also served time at Dodge and Green Bay Correctional Facilities as well, so they were very familiar with the law and the con- confines of prison itself. Um, yeah. So these two animals were prowling Wisconsin uh, with help from the inside. So apparently, oh I, I know, apparently one of the prison employees helped them escape. It was Holly Marie Zimdahl. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> age 46 um she was their accomplice that worked in the kitchen as a cook um and evidence was found in holly's house and car that she assisted them in their prison escape strangely it is believed that holly and the inmates did not know each other before they were imprisoned uh my sources did not go into details about how she helped and why she helped but it's probably for the best because it pro- it doesn't give anybody ideas on how to escape prison. She had to have been sleeping with one of them or both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you imagine just working in the prison? Like, I don't have anything against people being in prison, but I'm not going to go to work and have sex with people at work. Yeah. No pe- matter what my job is. People are foolish. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so at 4.30... AM, they ended up climbing two barbed wire fences and throwing clothing over it so that they wouldn't get hurt. However, they still hurt themselves going over the fence. So if you ever think, oh, I'm going to just throw over a rug or <laughs> what have you on barbed wire, guess again, because you will still get hurt. It still will go through. So prepare it's yourself. Good to know. <laughs> okay, Sam, need to escape. <laughs> you know, do what you got to do. <laughs> So, according to Columbia County Sheriff's Office, they were alerted to the breakout around 5 a.m. This happened at 425, so they had a good jump start. And they responded to the prison along with officers from the Portage Police Department. So, they were alerted um, basically as they were jumping the prison fence, Mm -hmm. I would assume. Um, so a little bit about the Columbia Correctional Institute, uh, just to give you some general overview of the structure of the facility. Uh, it opened in 1986 and is on 110 acres of land, so it's pretty big. Yeah. There are 10 maximum security living units, each with 50 cells. 
There is also a 150 bed minimum security units, and currently Larry Fudge Fudge is the warden and has been in that position since April of 2020. Um, and yes, this is where Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in 1994. Just a little fun tidbit. They have really great security. <laughs> yeah, people be <laughs> leaving and murdering people out here. So, um, so a public service announcement was issued alerting the communities surrounding the prison area of their escape and um, them currently being on the run. They made the public know that both men were considered dangerous and officials warned residents to stay inside, lock their doors, and call the police if they saw anything suspicious. The Dane County SWAT team did respond to a home near DeForest, Wisconsin. Uh, Police received a citizen report of two people running through a field near a wooden area off the interstate around County Road uh, K. Um, And then heavy police presence descended also near Lloydy, a small town only 20 minutes away from the prison. Mm-hmm. So investigators brought uh, canines and drones to search the area around the prison as well, but they couldn't locate them. And then um, there was an announcement that was stated uh, by the Columbia County Sheriff Roger Bradner. He stated, our goal and objective right now is to find these two inmates. We believe we are on their trail. We know they're out there, out of the area, and we hope to find them. Unfortunately, while they were on the run, an error occurred by law enforcement, and two different photos of the escaped inmates were released, throwing another wrench into the capture of these two fugitives. So they shared the wrong pictures? Yes. Like somebody else's pictures? Yes. That were, yeah. So, I mean, you... Oh, that's a bungled operation. Yeah. So, they got an inside person Mm. releasing them. They were not notified instantly. And then they released pictures of other inmates. Oh, my goodness. Basically, you know, just... If they were looking out, the community was looking out for people, they'd be looking for the wrong people. What a disaster. Yeah. So he's still the warden. <laughs> I know, because it was around that time. So, yes, he's still here. He's still there. Um, additionally, the U.S. Marshals Service and FBI were called in to assist in the search, and that was considered very top priority. Mm. Um, so while on the run, Thomas and James Portley went to a hotel uh, where they were picked up by a taxi and then took a cab to uh, Piggly Wiggly in Poinetti. Then it was believed that they had left... Okay, small thing about Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> when I was younger, my my father lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was like... I was going to college. And he was like, hey, I want to get you some grocery gift cards. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, what's around you? And I'm like, Piggly Wiggly. And he's like, <laughs> Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> what the hell is that? Because he's from, you know, Chicago, so he's yeah. never heard of Piggly Wiggly. Right. Just one fun thing. Confessions. Because it's the most random name for a grocery store. Yeah. I love it, though. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it is very cute. Um, so then it was believed that they had left Portage uh, before the sheriff's office even knew it happened. They finally finally made their way to Miss Carly's Rice's Community Center, which was a homeless shelter on Fifth Avenue on Friday morning in Rockford, Illinois. Mm. So they made it all the way down there. 
they literally were able to cross state lines within a <laughs> one day time frame with no money with no money and this is how they were dressed um they showed up at the shelter's door shivering uh frozen wearing prison issued sweats and thermals <laughs> yeah they also had emergency blankets stuffed under their clothing wearing surgical masks as protection against the spread of corona but we all know why they had it on um but then they lowered the mask while they were talking to miss carly uh, she stated she recognized them right away from the wanted posters she had seen in connection to the Wisconsin prison escape. Um, okay, she's a boss. I know. Uh, lost my place. I'm sorry. Okay. So she snapped a photo of them standing outside, which she later shared on Facebook. Uh, she wanted to make sure that these people were for sure the fugitives and as she knew what charges they had on their record, which she did not take lightly. She had a personal connection to the charges they had committed, landing them in prison. So she is just a badass, and I'm going to talk about her. Um, In 2003, her mother was kidnapped, raped, and murdered while living with her on Los Angeles Notorious Skid Row, and uh, she founded the shelter... Um, based off of that inspiration and she was also a rape survivor herself so she's basically used all of that as fuel to her fire to make you know what was negative in her life as a positive outlet and then obviously she founded the homeless shelter great that's awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, once they were being tended to They asked her for big lunches and coats. Uh, She offered them coffee and cigarettes to stall uh, while she had staff uh, take that opportunity to call 911. Although she acted fast and was such a badass, she had to throw on a donated fur coat over herself as they... Uh, she didn't want them to see that her hands were trembling um, because she was so nervous about the whole situation, Aww. as anybody would be. Right. Uh, she stood outside with the two convicts smoking cigarettes uh, when police arrived minutes later and recaptured the escapees without incident at 8, uh, 8.37 a.m. that Friday morning. I caught them by surprise, and the recapture was done efficiently as they were preoccupied by digging through a bin of donated clothes, leaving them no time to run. So they had their backs turned to um, the the officers that were coming down to take them back. Yeah. So Miss Carly, being the beautiful person she is, stated, I was so relieved when our officers showed up. They're off the streets now. I have a huge heart for the unlovable and the loss, but I always a fight to keep our city safe. Aww. Yeah, super sweet. Uh, Columbia Columbia County Sheriff Roger Brander thanked her for being brave and helping recapture the escaped inmates, giving her the credit she deserves, although I fully believe she should be made into a statute somewhere. (laughs) Um, Rockford Police Chief Dan O'Shea said... One of the men tried to convince her, uh, the responding officers that he was not one of the prisoners, although photographs and the descriptions of his tattoos positively <laughs> identified him. 
And at this point, they had no more tricks that they could play, and there was nowhere for them to run, so they were back into custody. The it wasn't me, they just look exactly like me is my absolute favorite defense. <laughs> this man, this is not me. <laughs> this is not me. One time, there was a guy that got arrested for shoplifting, uh-huh. and he said it was his twin. Okay, but you got arrested outside of the store, and you've been in jail since, so your story doesn't work. I would love for you to procure this twin, too. Yeah. Like, if you had gotten away, maybe, but you went straight to jail. Yeah, no. It was my... You can't just blame it on a twin. No. I'm going to try it one day. (laughs) Let me let me know how that works. No, (laughs) we don't have twins, but we're gonna try it out. Um, So Holly was charged with party to a crime of escape, according to a release from the Columbia County Sheriff's Office. Uh, James Newman was charged with escape and criminal arrest, a Class H felony, and his plea hearing is scheduled in two weeks uh, for the nineteenth of this month at two thirty at the Columbia County Courthouse. Uh, Thomas Deering was also charged with the same class felony H. Thomas actually pleaded guilty, and Judge Cross found him guilty. A judgment was entered and sentenced, and Thomas uh, was sentenced to five years in prison, um, additional to what he already was serving, which is like, what? Yeah. That's not a lot. It's not. Uh, consecutive to any current sentence, three years additional confinement, and consecutive to any current sentence, and two years extended supervision, and a total of 518 for costs to be payable out of prison wages. $518? Yes, ma'am. For the FBI? Yes. The uh, U.S. Marshals? Uh, drones. The drones, the dogs. The, yes. They got off easy. Yes. So, I'm really That's bad. That's not really a deterrent to not try to run again. I know, I know. I they'd pr- they'd probably be like, yeah, that wasn't too bad. No, I got it. I got all the way to uh, Illinois, so I'm probably could make it farther or be, it warmer, learn. Try it when it's warmer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I want to leave this off with reading off of Miss Carly's nonprofit homeless shelter bio to give them or to give everybody some praise or I'm sorry, to give them um, some praise on their amazing work. Um, So it states, we are a family in Rockford, Illinois, that decided to open our dining room table up to feed the hungry and homeless in our neighborhood. Since then, we've grown exponentially, being able to feed as many as 1,000 people a day for sack lunches while still staying small and intimate. We feed people 24-7 right out of our home and meet with people in crisis to troubleshoot their situation, offering resources and assistance. Many people come here because they aren't ready or comfortable going elsewhere. For that reason, we're able to help the most vulnerable in our community, such as human trafficked women, those fleeing domestic violence, the chronically, sorry, homeless, and those um, living in the grip of addiction. We break down barriers for people and pride ourselves on acting fast at providing real-time emergency solutions to people who have fallen through the cracks. 
we work hard to get people into drug treatment rapidly as well, usually within 24 to 36 hours, and we have a 99 success rate doing so. We are a big and perfect family of volunteers, servant-hearted individuals who have decided to be of service to those in need. We are solely supported by the community, and that is what makes us different and free to serve so holistically. We receive people with open arms and do not judge anyone for any reason at all, but we are tough we need to when we need to be. We feed and care for people with unconditional love and a side of sass. I love it. I know. Beautiful people. Definitely. That's a thousand people a day. That's so many people. Yeah. And getting people into drug treatment that quickly, mm-hmm. that's... They don't fuck around. No. Yeah. They need to teach some other people how to do these things. Absolutely. people are not getting these services. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I have their link in the show notes if anybody is interested in checking out their page or donating or volunteering or just reading all the cool press releases that they have on there as well. Um, they do a lot of cool things if you want to get involved and if you're in that area. Yeah. Um, it's just a really cool... Um, the homeless shelter that I found. I love it. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> I want to know the the prison workers story. Like I if, know. If I'm, you want to tell us your confession, <laughs> if she's listening, yeah, right? Give me your confessions. I I'm pretty sad that there wasn't anything more um, said about her involvement and like why. I guess I'm more interested on why. Yeah. We never really get the whys behind these things. No. And, like, I don't know. There's that case going on right now. Did they find them yet? It's in another state where the guard helped the man break out and they're on the run. Mm Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah. Was there a woman involved? Yeah, it's a woman and a man. They're on the run together. Yikes. Prison guard. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, how do you... Love, man. (laughs) Or, like, when people seek out people that have been, you know, that are in prison and form relationships out of that. Yeah. That really grosses me out. Hmm. I guess it depends on what they did. I mean, they, they, there were so many people (laughs) with, um, the the Night Stalker. Yeah, that I don't understand. Disgusting. But, like,. Damien Eccles, yes. how they started their relationship while he was locked up. I mean, he was innocent, but stuff like that. Yeah. There's another innocent case that I was listening to that somebody else fell in love with the guy while he was locked up, but yeah, that's kind of like accidental. Like, I'm trying to learn about your case and then I fall in love with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- I get that's that. Totally different because I know that there's... Yeah some people that like just want relationships with people in prison specifically yeah like oh you're a serial killer that's cute yeah like oh you're you like the murder women let me be your wife oh god that's so sick it is sick like like the fangirling on ted bundy gross so gross like okay unibrow like get the fuck out of here yeah yeah i don't get it me neither Okay, well, um, I want to remind everybody about us being at the Dark Horror and History. Did yeah. I get that right? Dark um, History and Horror Con? Yes, I got it flipped. Yes, um, in Champaign, Illinois, August uh, 19th through the 20th. 
Um, come see us. We're yeah. cute. We are. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be things to shop. Um, cool people to talk to. Yeah. And remember to uh, like, review, and subscribe, and follow us anywhere that you are able to. Um, all the sins of wi at gmail.com if you want to write something in. Yeah, we want to hear some stories, some yeah. fear confessions. Yeah, we, we're telling you all our business. We're spilling our <laughs> guts out here. Come on. Right. All we want is a little bit of a confession here and there, and that's <laughs> so much. No, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then we love you. We do. Bye-bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love love you. you.